So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup, Ha Ha and K. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing Season 5, Episode 9 of Love After Lockup. In this episode, Antoine gets a face tattoo against Lacey's wishes, Rick wants to make his relationship with Radine social media official, Kayla and Martel continue to fight about his haircut, Chance tries to get Bobby's blessing, Branwyn and Chaz spend time with Branwyn's daughter Ariel, and Harry gets cornered by Indy's mom Yolanda. If you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things with you? Good. How are you feeling? I'm I'm recovered. Mostly mostly recovered. Still haven't quite cut up on my sleep yet. Oh god, same, same. <laughs> so, I can walk up and down stairs again, but yes. Uh, yeah, still feeling super tired. So over the weekend, we ran a race. And so we did see each other, but it was an overnight relay. And so it really messes with the sleep situation. So right. we're all just getting caught up. And getting caught up with the show, too. We're, we're a little behind this week because of all that. Man. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot going on. Why don't we start off with uh, Lacey and Antoine? So Lacey's meeting up with her sister, Naomi, telling her that Antoine is ungrateful and he just always seems to be complaining. Lacey thinks that Antoine is different now. She's starting to think she's wearing rose-colored glasses. Lacey thought that Antoine was the man of her dreams, and now she's questioning their relationship. Naomi thinks he needs to learn that not everything in life is easy. Antoine then meets up with them, and he takes off his face mask to reveal his fresh face tattoo of a WA for Washington. Lacey looks pissed because she told him she didn't want him to get any more tattoos, especially on his face. She thinks it's going to be difficult for him to get a job with having a face tattoo and being a felon. Naomi is grilling him, and Antoine tells her that he lives day to day, doesn't think about long term or the future or anything like that. She then asks him if he's grateful for what he has because the world doesn't owe him anything. Antoine admits that when he's bored, he just, you know, finds himself getting in trouble. Lacey then decides to pop off about the tattoo and saying she's not going to hold things down if he doesn't contribute. Antoine says that he didn't do anything wrong and he's starting to feel attacked. Naomi threatens him and gets in his face saying she that he better not hurt her sister. Antoine maintains he didn't do anything. Later, Antoine goes to see his mom, Christy. Christy keeps trying to kiss him and hug him, and Antoine is just like that little kid who's trying to squirm away. Antoine tells her about the dinner with Lacey and Naomi, but then uh, he asks about Christy's drinking. Christy says her drinking has gotten bad, and now she has cirrhosis, and she has to be sober for six months before she can get on the transplant, transplant list. Antoine doesn't think that she can do it, and he doesn't think that he can do anything to stop her because no one can make her change but herself. They then talk about Christy and Lacey's fighting. Christy admits to saying some mean things to Lacey while drunk, and Antoine encourages them to squash the beef, so Christy says she will try and meet up with Lacey. It also ends up that his exes have been reaching out to Christy trying to get a hold of Antoine, and then Antoine admits to talking to some of his exes. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, what did you think of Antoine's face tattoo? Smart uh, job decision? Well, is a, I mean, very rarely is a face tattoo ever the smartest idea, uh, <laughs> especially, but I mean, but, and she was like another face tattoo because he already has tattoos on his face, yeah? Yeah, he does. So I don't know if that's really like, ooh, we would have hired you if you had one face tattoo, but <laughs> I see the second one there. Yeah, no, that doesn't fly at Applebee's. I don't like know how that works. Right. Like, uh, well, the one that he had from before looks more faded. Yes. Uh, and so the one that he has now is clearly fresh ink. And so maybe she's thinking that the faded one wasn't as obvious. Oh, possibly. I don't know. I just think I think she kind of blamed it on the job thing, but I think she's just kind of like, well, now you look stupider forever. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> and I have to look at your face. I don't like that. Right. I don't find him particularly attractive. 
No, no. I don't, I don't think he's I don't think he's particularly unattractive either. I think he just he eh, is. Oh, I don't okay. know. I think I I think I'd almost borderline like unattractive if I had to like step on one side there. And uh, I think Lacey's actually a very attractive lady. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's something fundamentally there if she's like trying to leave her husband for Antoine. Oh, right. Uh-huh. You know, but I mean, I feel like she could find someone more attractive. Maybe someone who doesn't have a face tattoo that she has problems with. Yeah, you'd think, right? I, but you'd think you'd be able to find a lot of different things. Somebody who could at least stay, not even just stay out of jail, but stay out of solitary all the time. Oh, God. That might I be know. okay. It's just, yeah. But you can see why he goes there. It's just like everything is like, I don't give a shit. I don't care. And like you can't – and especially the way – that's the way he deals with anything he sees is like a threat when she – you know, when she's like, well, if you act like this, we're not going to be together. And he's like, well, fine. I don't care then. Fine. We can do that. Fine. You do it. Right? <laughs> he just yeah. he, he just has that, that – that te- and I mean it's weird to me that he's also like – you said it – you said the thing too. You, he, we always talk about suspended in whatever age went to jail, right? Yeah. I feel like he's also suspended in the year. That he went to jail, like right. late '90s. You gotta squash the beef, man. Like we gotta. I know the way how, he is. Everything Gucci. Is so like, ridiculous. What are you, what are you doing? Like, yeah. What do you think this is. But it's so funny that Lacey also talks like that. I don't know if you know he's the one who talks like that, and she feels like, oh, gotta talk at his level. Maybe, or maybe just it took you know, 15 years for the '90s to get to Snowmish, Wisconsin, what Washington or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It, it's it's all pretty silly. And it's like, uh, I and I do feel bad for him when it comes to his mother because mm-hmm. she's a mess. And I think he's right. He's like, there's no way she's going to stay sober for six months. No way. Yeah. I always thought it was Lacey kind of just exaggerating the situation. But after kind of seeing her in this condition and hearing about her cirrhosis, it's so like Born of a concept for me to think that someone is uh, not to think this. It's just I I can't personally relate to not being able to give up something for six months, right? right? And so it's it's I I know it's out there. I know addiction is real. It's just hard for me to kind of wrap my head around it, especially when it's something like you're gonna die. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very much like you're going to die if you can't do this for six months. And she's mm-hmm. like, and she and she just seems pretty much. Well, I guess I'm dying then. Like, yeah. Like not even like, oh, I hope I can do it, or or maybe I can. I'll give it a try. She was like, no, that's not no. And it's right. and, and it's just it's so weird because at some point, you know, he said something like, you know, no one no one can want it more than you. You have to you have to want to do it yourself, which is a hundred percent true. Yeah. Right. That's the only way yeah. to break addiction. It has to it has to come from you. But she was said something like, oh, you know, that's what I'm realizing now. Like as if she thought somebody else could save her from it. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody else just said the right magic words, she wouldn't want to drink anymore or something. But it, it, she definitely seems to be the kind of person that puts the responsibility for everything she does on somebody else. Yeah. Um, which is a hard person to have as a mom. Right. Right. And it also kind of you can understand why Antoine is the way that he is in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like the same thing. It's like what it, it, it does kind of, you know, that addiction thing where it's like, but I wanted it. So I have it now and I wanted to have it. So I did it. And the, no, you know, it's like because it, it, part of that is, you know, if you got raised in a tough place like that, it's like, well, if you wanted something and you didn't grab it when it was available, then it might not be available again. Right. 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 So, yeah, it's just it's a tough place for him to go up. But, man, she went on that whole rant and he was just like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) I struggle to think of what Lacey saw in him because I know it was all like, you know, their whole thing is that they fell in love over letters because isn't that like most people's thing? You know, they're like pen pals. So they uh-huh. were clearly writing letters. But I just can't imagine like what is the kind of stuff that he wrote to her because he just doesn't seem like the kind of person who can hold a real conversation. He's just basically like verbal diarrhea of cliches and slang. 
Right. I mean, he's a little bit better. I know it's the same thing I do. Like when I was, I'd rather a lot of times I'd rather write an email to somebody than call because I know like if I call, I'm going to be caught off guard with what they say. I'm going to lose my position. I'm going to forget what I was going to say and I'm not going to say everything I wanted to. So I'll just write this email and like, you know, leave it my drafts for a minute and like, you know, come back to it and edit it and do it again, do it again. And then I'll have the right thing said. And you could do that with the, with his letter. But like, I just feel like she says a lot of things and he's just like. Yeah, you said a lot of things, and I don't know, can't remember what they all are right now. So, yep. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Everything Gucci. Like, okay. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. Um, let's go to, speaking of rants, let's go to Kayla and Martel. <laughs> so, after Kayla, we see her angrily driving off during Martel's haircut. Producers do manage to chase her down in the parking lot so that she can yell about him for a while. <laughs> she doesn't get why well, I just didn't do breakfast like she had planned instead of, you know, always doing what he wants to do. So eventually his haircut's over. He comes back and she's still mad and spends the entire – well, spends the beginning part of the ride at least ignoring him and like angrily looking at her phone. Except for, you know, every once in a while she stops so she can yell at him. Um, uh, he says this is, you know, he's dealt with this kind of, you know – behavior before but it's worse now than when he was in prison because when he was in prison and she started doing it he could just hang up and <laughs> he can't do that now because she's like there so eventually he gives up on trying to be silent and basically it was like well, we, you were the one who was late so what what are we why what are we doing then she yells and he says lower your voice and she yells and he says lower your voice and that goes on for a long time uh, so then both of them seem to feel like one of the other is just like, I don't like being told what to do. You're being disrespectful. You're being disrespectful. Who disrespected you? And, uh, so she yells at him long enough that he pulls over to a gas station to tell her that she is. And when he does, he's like, you sound stupid. You're not making sense. And to be fair, she wasn't making any sense. Like she was just, <laughs> it was just everything I don't like about you was you and the thing you put, the, you went to the other side of it. And I, you know how you feel? I feel disrespected. It's like, it wasn't actually coherent thoughts. But anyway, uh, she didn't like how he said the word stupid. So she says, get out. And then he doesn't and they refuse. It's just a whole really dumb fight. But I will say during this whole fight, he doesn't, man, he doesn't raise his voice at all. Mm -hmm. So later on, we see Kayla in herself by herself in a hotel room waking up to no calls or texts. Now, since Martella is home confinement, it had to be her to, one, to be the one that left after the big fight. So back to Martel, he thinks she overreacted since, you know, it wasn't even that big of a deal. Like it was he got a haircut. It's not like all the things people in prison got stabbed for, um, which is what he's that's the kind of conflict I'm used to. So anyway, her time alone gave her some time to think and realize they owed each other apologies. So when she gets home, she sits down to do that, give him an apology and hope he gets one for her. So he says that if she had been a, a, in a calmer tone, things would have been better. They could have worked something out. But her loud, aggressive tone just made things worse. He says that they both said bad things, even if it was because he was on defense. So he says, well, I apologize for saying those bad things, but you need to understand dot, oh, dot, dot. He's the worst at apologizing. He really yep. is. So they both are ready to move on, even if she is exhausted because he is the worst at apologizing and it takes <laughs> forever to get anything out of him. So they say they forgive each other and then go to the bedroom for some makeup sex. So, I mean, did – OK, could you make sense of what anybody was getting at in this fight? Because I really couldn't. It just was like yelling to me. Well, I think this is like the basis of most of their fights. And I feel like we've talked about this because what this is like the third fight they've got into. Yes. Uh, but it's it seems that they always fight about she at the end of the day feels disrespected. And I think that is it's kind of frustrating. And if I was Martell, I'd be frustrated to hear that because it's like almost like a catch all thing. It's like, yes. yeah, so any little thing you do, I'm going to feel disrespected. But you know, it's like, I think that is at the root of it, but it's frustrating to hear because you're like, well, how is that disrespectful? You know, it's like you're disrespected all the time. It's almost like old news now. Maybe you're just too sensitive. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it seems like she gets upset because he does something that she feels disrespected over. And the things that he does is like, yeah, maybe more annoying, uh, could be like something that was more like selfish or just annoying, but not necessarily meant in a way to disrespect her. I don't think that anything he's done has been just blatantly disrespectful. 
Um, I could see how she sees it that way, but I don't think it was necessarily his intention for it to come off that way. So you've got that happening every single time. And then you're right, what you were saying about Martell is not a yeller. You know, and he does not like it when she raises her voice. He is, we've seen them fight several times now. So he's right. always saying, like, lower your voice, lower your voice, calm down, calm mm-hmm. down. And I think the other little issue here is that it's like telling someone who's already, already amped up to calm down. That's the last thing they're going to do. It's like right. what they say. Don't call a crazy person crazy. You're going to see the craziest side. Well, don't tell a loud person to shut up because then you're going to get the loudest version of them. And so it's just like this cycle of, you know, he doesn't like her yelling. So now he's not going to apologize for anything because he doesn't want to be in this space. So now you got them both upset with each other. Right. But the, and the, the, I guess the, the part of it that ends up happening, and I think this is the part that is the reason they keep getting into fights, is they have – tone fights like that's all they're doing is fighting over the tone they're not fighting over the content of anything they don't right. actually communicate to each other sure and so there's these misunderstandings and these things keep happening like this whole one started because they didn't communicate she was late he was upset she was late so he skipped what she wanted to do and went to the barber but then she just felt like well we're just doing whatever you want to do because you're selfish but she right. didn't actually like say that and he didn't actually like explain that Oh, no, we're going to the barber first because I get what I want to do because you were late. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and we'll go to breakfast after. But, yeah, we kind of – you know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't say, well, you did choose what you wanted to do. You slept in. That was right. what you chose to do. And now yeah. it's my turn to choose and that's go to the barber. Right? Right. But he doesn't do yeah. that. He just goes, I'm going to my barber. Yeah. It's passive-aggressive bullshit. So. Yeah, it is. It is. He's very passive about it. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Do you think they'll ever stop fighting? No, I think this is all it is. They, I, I, they haven't. We, I mean, I guess it. Okay, it, it is the TV show, right? Because mm-hmm. we haven't seen them for, you know, thirty seconds without them just absolutely just starting starting know, a crazy right? fight. Either right? that or like makeup sex talk. Yeah, but when they, when they, when they, when they apologized to each other, they did say, "I'm mostly doing all right, aren't you?" And they're like, "Yeah." So I mean, there's a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor of them mm-hmm. not fighting, but it's still. A lot of fights for like the five days he's been out of the halfway house. <laughs> right. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on to Chaz and Branwyn. So Branwyn and Chaz are on their way to meet Branwyn's 19-year-old daughter, Arian, who works at a strip club. She just got off of work and Branwyn is trying to get her to cover her boobs up. Arian is proud of her mom for not using and she thinks that she looks really healthy. Arian thinks that Chaz is short and maybe her mom could have done better. It ends up that Branwyn was a stripper too, and she's nervous that Arian will follow in her footsteps, meaning that uh, she thinks that strip clubs are a gateway to using drugs and Arian will somehow become also addicted to drugs. Branwyn tells Arian is nervous about her moving to Kentucky. She attempts to have a real talk with Arian about using drugs on the job. Arian hugs her mom, trying to comfort her as she gets emotional when she's talking about wasting most of her life in prison and not being there for her. Arian grew up with various family members, and she understands now that addiction is a disease, and ultimately she's happy that Branwyn is with someone different and that this is a step in the right direction. Branwyn doesn't want to leave Arian now that they can spend some time together, and she worries about her move to Kentucky. Arian doesn't think that this is the best environment for her, meaning Portland, but she also worries about her mother moving with a stranger. Later, the three of them go to eat, where Arian talks about her boyfriend and not approving of her work. During the dinner, Courtney, uh, a guy friend of Branwyn's, calls and asks her what's up. Chaz then pipes in saying, she got married. They mm-hmm. talk about a storage unit and just other innocuous things until they close the conversation with an I love you. Chaz then starts asking a bunch of questions, which bothers Branwyn. And Arian defends her mom, saying that, you know, it's normal to say that you love, I love you to friends. It's a thing. In the middle of the dinner, uh, the server comes over to tell Chaz his card was declined. Arian then pulls out a roll of bills and pays for dinner. 
everyone is now questioning his money situation. All right, mm-hmm. so this is the first we've ever heard of potentially being a money situation. Branwyn did mention something about Chaz having to pay off his student loans, which I was confused about considering yeah. wasn't he in the military? They made a big deal about him being ex-military. Yeah. So you yeah. got the GI Bill for one, right. plus the dude's like 50. So it's like, how long ago did he go to school? Yeah, I was, I'm confused about student loans, too, for those two exact reasons. Like, yeah. I feel like most people haven't paid off by the time they're 40, if right. not, right? And then, you know, even if you ha- don't have that, you have the, 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 the – a lot of people go to the military to figure out their student loan situation. Right, like, yeah. So that is very confusing. Unless there's somebody else. No, because he doesn't have any kids. We've been through that, right? He has no, cats, No, but he does have kids. a crap ton of ex-wives. Oh, that's true. So maybe <laughs> maybe his uh, funds got diverted to because you don't have to use the GI. What else can you use the GI Bill for? Like you can put it I to something know. else. I think you can put I it for a idea. down payment instead of can student you? loans. I think so. Yeah. So we, both of us with our non-military thing. I know. I was going to say Sophie's choice. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Monthly ass stipend. Oh, no. Well, so, no, it's still supposed to be. Oh, it's the no. I don't know. So I don't know. So I don't know what you can use about the G with the GI Bill, but yeah. you would think that he would not have student loans because of it, unless he just went to one of those, you know, more predatory kind of poor profit institutions that was like, oh, we'll take all your GI Bill money and also a bunch of other money. Like, we'll uh. take that, you know. But, yeah, I don't know. Because I'm trying to think if there's other reasons I've had cards. I mean, I've had cards get not cards. I've never had a card get declined like this one got declined. Yeah. Where it was like they brought it back and was like, uh, it was declined because usually they aren't even that harsh about it. They're like, oh, I think it might be broken. Maybe the strip is bad or something. Yeah. Right. They're usually not like you don't have any money, sir. So um, the fact that he comes back and that might be a little bit for TV. But yeah, because I've had so I've had usually I've had I've had what my card got declined. And then I realized it's because I had my old card like on an Amazon account or something. I was like, oh, I used the wrong one. And then Actually, I had a card that I hardly ever use. And I tried to use it when I was in Thailand, you know, like in December. And Uh apparently they tried to contact me about that. And I wasn't in the country, so I never got the calls. And so they just decided to shut down my card without – because, I mean, they were trying to call me to notify me. But I never, you know, figured it out. So then, like, months later, I'm trying to use my card several times, and it kept on getting declined. And I was like, what is up with this card? So finally, I was like – it happened to be in the bank doing something, and they were just like, oh, yeah, we shut it down, like, a few months ago. You know, we tried to contact you about it. So, I mean, like, I have been in situations where my card was declined for security reasons, having nothing to do with lack of funds. Right, right. Because I mean, that's a lot. If if you thought if you think student loans are bad, but if you have mm-hmm. a maxed out credit card, ooh, yikes. Yeah, that's that's gonna be hard. That's that's really hard to get rid of. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is is my because um, I have a, a credit union for being a teacher, and they are like I have never had a banking institution be so strict but they're crazy like if I'm somewhere where they don't expect me to be like they will uh you know decline the charges they'll be like oh you're in a different state that doesn't seem right we'll decline this charge and I'm like no I'm really here stop that just let me use my money right and it, uh, it, yeah well I think it's probably because a credit union probably has a little bit less data than a big bank and the big bank would know like oh miss h is in another state that makes sense she does that all the time right as as, as opposed to somebody who never left their home state and all of a sudden they were across the country it would be like right but that's kind of his situation like he's not in kentucky he's in oregon right and the other thing is too a lot of military um people have uh credit unions too oh absolutely yeah yeah yeah. there's yeah navy fed and pen fed and all that stuff yeah yeah i don't know it just I mean, it's a little worrying. I don't know what you're more worried about, his kind of the jealousy that he's showing or her relationship with these with these dudes. Um, I think that his jealousy is probably more concerning, even though it's somewhat understandable. But mm-hmm. if I were him, I would be more concerned about what these dudes are bringing to the table. And I don't mean their dick. You know, right. it's like, I'm talking about the drugs. That's the right. D I'm talking about. You know, it's like, 
And she's already said she's run with the a bad crowd. So I would be more concerned about that than trying to let it be known that she is off the market and married now. Yeah, that's true. That's but that then you would be worried. That's not a specific male friend worry. That's a, any right. old friend, right? Any yeah, friend sure, from before prison. Sure. Um, but that doesn't really seem to be his concern. He is definitely concerned with, and it's because most of the guys she's dated, at least the way they keep saying it, keep saying it, are like more physically like intimidating than him. Yes. Like they're big muscular Said dudes, large muscular dudes, bouncer yeah. types. Sure, right. And so I think, you know, I, I can I think it his jealousy is also tied to his short man insecurity. Yes, I think so too. But which it's like sad. yeah. Which I mean, I definitely am not gonna go after people for having opposite gender friends. That just that makes sense to me. So Sure. <laughs> All right. So next up, let's go to um Taylor and Chance. So now that we've made it past Taylor's medical scare, uh okay. Bobby is finally coming home. So Chance is grateful for the opportunity to apologize in person. So when Bobby comes home, Taylor and Bobby reconnect. And right when, you know, Bobby says something like, well, I'll never let somebody get in between us again. Chance like plops down on the couch, like right across from them, like plop, like almost literally getting in between them. So then Chance and Bobby go outside for a smoke and to talk things over. He tells her that he appreciates her and gives her – she gives him a hard time about his short fuse and how he came in trying to like be the boss of the place. Now, he doesn't try to fight her though since he's pretty remorseful about the whole thing. But that might be because he wants to move on and getting her blessing to propose to Taylor. So Bobby thinks this is too much too soon and thinks things, things are different because between the time when you're locked up and when you're out as we you know see in all these – once so still she still doesn't know if she can trust him so she kind of gives him a provisional blessing saying like i got my eye on you but one short fuse that's it i'll stop the wedding although she might not want to stop the wedding because in the commercial segment we find out about how chance is related to brad pitt so maybe he'll be there (laughs) he says they're cousins but based on how he describes it and the way i looked it up in charts it's like First cousin once removed, which means that his grandfather was Brad Pitt's uncle. So <sighs> he's only met he only met him one time, though, at a family reunion and didn't even like recognize him or know who he was because he was like six. Um, so it's not like they're very close. But, you know, he does have he does appreciate his movies like the famous Mr. and Mrs. Pitt. I mean, Smith. Right. <laughs> That's it. OK. All right. So funny thing joke at the end. But um. <sighs> I don't know. So do you think Bobby really has a approval of his wedding or is she going to find some reason she wants it stopped? I actually liked that she said that, you know, it's not a no. And I think like that's fair enough because she doesn't know him well enough. Right. So it's kind of like a you're on watch. Like, I'll go along with it now. But if you mess up, then no. Um, I don't think... I, no, I can absolutely see her ruining the wedding if she had reason to. But I don't mm-hmm. think she would just ruin it just because she's like, I don't like his face. Um, she's pretty close to I don't like his face. I feel like yeah, she started she off close. at I don't like his face and was like, fine, I'll give his face a second chance. But right. if it looks bad again, oh, I'm not taking it. <laughs> yeah. I just it, – it's, it's a little interesting the way both of these sisters – Kind of, they look, they feel like they're both responsible for the other one. Yeah. Uh, like, which I guess is because uh, they're, they're twins, right? Yes, they are twins. Mm-hmm. That's not completely out of, a, of a, out of the ordinary for that. But they're both no, like, because so. you hear Taylor say it all the time. Oh, I just, I feel like I need to take care of her. I feel like yes. I need to take care of her. She and feels Bobby responsible is, for her. And Bobby is clearly here feeling, I need to take care of Taylor. I need to take care of Taylor. That's sweet. Yeah, it's nice to have, like, uh, sisters feel like, you know, they can look out for one another. So, mm-hmm. it's sweet. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, speaking of family members looking out for one another, let's talk Indy and Harry. So, back at Lydia's house, Indy's mom, Yolanda, and sister Aaliyah show up unexpectedly. Yolanda immediately wants to case the joint while Indy is still wondering how she even knew where she was living. Indy almost immediately confesses that Harry has another girl, Terry, and he hasn't been staying at the house. Her mom tells her to get on with her life, and what's love got to do with it? Yolanda is planning on tracking Harry, so she wants Indy to call Harry so they can all talk. 
Indy FaceTimes Harry and tells him that she wants to talk and asks if she can pick him up. Yolanda then calls her John, her son, so Indy can uh, get some sense talked into her. Yolanda insists that Indy is coming home and they will have a spiritual divorce party. Yolanda is going into mama bear mode with her handcuffs and she's eager to hear Harry's side of the story. They roll up to uh, Carla's house, which is where Harry is staying, and Harry gets in the car thinking it's Indy driving. As they start to pull away, uh, Yolanda takes off her hood to reveal that it's her, and Harry says the only thing appropriate. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yolanda locks the door and asks him, what's up? And uh, she wants to know what's up with him and Indy because she wants to hear his side. He says he doesn't have anything prepared to tell her so yolanda tells him what she's heard and what she's heard is that he's throwing terry in indy's face harry denies everything and says that he's not sleeping on anyone he also denies telling indy to come up to ohio harry says he just told her about the opportunities of ohio and indy chose for herself to be there harry claims to be telling both of them the truth about everything yolanda says that he can't bullshit her she's a bounty hunter and she's heard it all she calls Indy and Terry stupid for messing with him. Yolanda says that uh, Harry is immature, like 17, the time that he went into prison. Harry says it's a waste of time trying to tell her anything if she's already deemed what he has to say bullshit. And then both of them just annoyingly just start talking over each other. Yolanda then tells him to get out of the car. And Harry gets out and just seems really confused as he walks off, we don't know where she really abandoned him. All right. So what do you think is the best thing that Harry could have done in this situation? Huh. I mean, I am always like at some point. You either have to come all the way clean mm -hmm. or say nothing at all. Just nothing. I'm not going to say well, anything. he kind of said nothing at all. I, I, until he started arguing with her. Because then he wasn't really telling her anything. He was just being annoying. Right. Both well, well, of them yeah, were yeah, being annoying. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Because, I mean, the best thing would have been more of a, yeah, that, that's probably the better have been the best course of action. Just like, why would I talk to you? I'm yeah. not in a relationship with you. I don't have to answer any of your questions. Like, that's, that's usually anytime somebody starts an interrogation, the correct response is, I don't have to answer any of your questions. That's usually the, <laughs> the go to, like, you know, you'd be a, be a police officers or the boss at work, and be like, yeah, I'm not answering these questions. This is not, no, I'm not answering them. Because there was no good answer because he's wrong, because he's, right. do, he's doing everything she's saying he's doing. So yeah. it's not like he's going to talk himself out of it. Although I did like how at some point he tried to do the thing we talked about last time where he, you know, always sums up with the he wants to get into an argument over you won't let me finish. Yeah. Right. But she does let him finish. Yeah. And then he doesn't say anything. Like right. she's like, oh, OK, you have an explanation. Go ahead. And then silence. Right. And then she says something and he's like, oh, you didn't let me finish. It's like, well, that's because you weren't talking, Harry. You didn't say <laughs> anything. <laughs> like you lost that one. Yeah, it's just Harry is so dumb. I don't know how he's going to get out of this situation. It's like, but I think it's pretty clear he doesn't want to be with Indy. He's not even staying at the house. Yeah, I don't. So I don't know. I'm actually very curious about what he's telling Indy when he does say something or mm -hmm. does have a communication. Because, yeah, it it's getting to the point now where it's like. Why are you in Ohio living in the sister's house of a guy that dumped you? Because at this point, he dumped you. Like, he he broke yeah. up with you. He didn't actually do it like a mature grown-up person and say, I'm breaking up with you. He's just waiting for you to get the hint that he's not – he's literally not yes. there anymore. That <laughs> is, like, the most awkward way to break up with someone. Like, oh, just take the hint. It's, like, basically, like, ghosting, but the problem is that she's living with your sister. Right. <laughs> Yeah, which is a really weird time to ghost somebody. And it's a weird weird to ghost somebody, especially because it's bullshit. If I didn't tell her to move to Ohio, I was like, yeah, you did. Like, yeah. Yeah, you did. Well, you didn't tell her to, but don't give me this bullshit about the opportunities of Ohio. I'm in Maryland, and I know there's a lot more opportunities here right. than there are in Ohio. I don't <laughs> live in Ohio or Maryland, and I know that there's probably more opportunities in Maryland. 
<laughs> so yeah, don't don't tell me that. Like that's where all the factories are closing and stuff in Ohio. Like that doesn't work. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just I just don't even understand why he's trying to hold on to Indy at all. It's clear that he either wants to be I don't even think he really wants to be with Terry. I think he just wants to be single and mess around with whoever he wants to mess around with. So, right, but, I mean, that's fine. Just be upfront and honest to all parties involved about it. Right. But I, but he doesn't seem to want to mess around with the kind of women that want to do that either. You know, it's yeah. like, why don't you just because it seems to me like if that's what you wanted to do, it's like, fine, go find some hoes and go at it. Like, have fun. Like, yeah, but he doesn't. He keeps getting women who want to be committed. And I can't figure out why. I, I don't know. I, I and to say Yolanda and Yolanda's on the other side of that, I can't figure out why either of them go for him either. Like that's just yeah. that's just who he knows how to run game on, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I just I loved Yolanda in all their segments. She's hilarious. Um yeah. she was definitely hamming up for the camera for sure, but it was entertaining. It was super funny. She's super funny. Um and I just I want to see her just like crush Harry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Harry's just gonna run away. Like yeah, yeah. Like I, I mean, I also think it's funny that Indy just is like oh, I don't know how she found me. And I was like I don't know. Maybe the camera crew that's with you might have told her where you were. Like yeah. Like she's like I didn't tell her I was here. I was like no, but like there's 50 people that know where you are. Like she could have well, asked literally any yeah, of them. Yeah, because I would say just look up, uh, and I'm sure that Yolanda could find it anyway. Like. Where is Harry paroled to? There you go. Well, she wasn't in Lydia's house at the time, was she? Or was she? Yeah. Yeah, she's in Lydia's house right now. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It, 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 yeah, and she probably has access to that. Not very hard. Yeah. All right. So, moving on. Last one for me is Rick and Ray Dean, which, okay. So, <laughs> Rick and Ray Dean are tearing up some concrete on his motorcycle with, of course, no helmets on. So Radine is trying to keep the hot tub vibe going and they're stopping to shop for bike gear. He describes her as a Gucci girl, which I would never in lots of time use the word Gucci girl with her. Okay, She's wearing a sweatshirt and jeans and like not a very like it's just like a regular old ratty hooded sweatshirt. Right. And like and it's not like her hair is done up. She doesn't have that much makeup on. Like it's no nothing. No. So anyway, but she eyes up a nice – $650 $650 leather jacket, which is yeah, too rich for him, even though he tells us he spent $12,000 on her already. So she just, she just settles for the $250 jacket she likes, and they bring the bike to a lookout area on the highway. It's there that he tries to talk to her about where he fits into her life, especially with Kay, who, by the way, is many years away, which he <laughs> keeps saying. And she gets mad. They can't just, like, enjoy being – basically just enjoying the time as it is, but – he wants to know where he fits and she's like, you fit where you are. Like, whatever, that's where you're at. You fit there. That's where we are. And okay, can't we just enjoy that? So he feels like he deserves to be someone's first choice. And then, I don't know, they have a conversation that ends with him shouting, I love this fucking woman off the side of a cliff. Um, so ultimately, he wants her to make, make, you know, some kind of commitment to him. And the one he picks is becoming Facebook official. <laughs> So she turns this da- she turns him down because, you know, she's actually married to somebody else and she doesn't want to tell him that yet because then she's the bad guy and she's not ready to be the bad guy. She likes it better when he's the bad guy. So back at Rick's place while they're having a smoke and a coffee the next day, Radine thinks that, you know, her romantic her romantic future might maybe could possibly slightly involve Rick, but she doesn't want to think about like the she doesn't want to like think about the future or make any plans. She just wants things to happen and not have to think about them. So he thinks though it's a good time to bring up again her moving in. But it was definitely not a bring t- good time to bring this up. And she gets very upset about him asking. Now while they're fighting, um, her dad calls and Radine and after Radine hangs up, you know, Rick asks if that was her pet convict. Mm. Which Hmm, was also not the good idea, but he's just going for blood at this point. So he gets Radine ranting at him and all the whole time he's just kind of like making a weird face and staring. Not like a face where he's scared, like a a somewhat defiant face um, because he doesn't seem to regret saying what it was. So she gets so mad she wants to hit him, so she leaves to go collect her thoughts. 
Now, while she's collecting her thoughts, she's on the front porch, and Ramona comes out for, for a smoke. A lot of coming out for a smoke. Um, so Ramona says, you know, I get why you didn't want to stay with your family, but this isn't really about, you know, exclusively about where you're staying as much as a, just a sign, you know, to Rick that, you know, you're not really that into him. So Ramona thinks she needs to either be all in with Rick or all out because anything else is unfair. You know, especially if you won't even call him a boyfriend on Facebook. Jeez. Oh, but anyway, Redeem, Redeem feels very judged right now and thinks Ramona doesn't give a flying fuck about her. But Ramona says basically, hmm, I invited you to live in my house, so get over yourself. At the end of the day, Ramona thinks that Radine has been treating Rick like a mark, and she thinks the relationship is a dumpster fire that Rick should move on from. But then Radine gets in the car and drives away. So, okay, why – I will say this as bad as Radine is being. Why does Rick think that asking the same question over and over again is going to get him a different answer next time? I don't know. It's insanity, right? It makes no damn sense. Um, I don't know. I felt like uh, Rick was definitely acting very immature and childish uh, in this segment. Um, however, I do think that he has valid points. Just how he was kind of presenting his side was just like, you know, you don't need to throw in the little negative comments and all of that. That's not making you look that great. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like asking her like, and they, and they were very, it was funny to me because I felt like they were really trying to emphasize like how ridiculous this is. They said six days out of the halfway house and he's already asking her again. It's been six days. Has it been a week? Has it even been a week that they had this conversation already? Right. Right. And it was like, that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't scan. It's just like when somebody is like, Hey, I think I need to live with my family for a while. That does not mean less than a week. Like that means a couple months at least, right? You'd yeah. have to give it at least three or four months before you mm-hmm. start talking about it again. And ideally, you let her start talking about it again, right? And you, your job is just let me turn on the charm and be as supportive as I can and hope she comes back to me instead of just being like – and I don't even know. I mean, have we seen him? What did he say in the hot tub? What have he said? He's probably asked – he probably asked close to every day. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. And brings brings Kay up almost every day. And it's like, I don't yeah. understand why. I, I, I get that Kay isn't a big issue. And I, if I'm Rick, I'm a, there's no more relationship. I'm not going to be like, no, I'm not going to share you with somebody who isn't even going to be here. And that's weird. No, I'm out. I would be out. Um, But like, if you're not going to be out, you know that bringing up Kay doesn't work. Like, you know, every right. time you do this, it backfires on you. So why do you keep doing it? I don't know. I I think at this point, it's like one of those things where it's his he knows his tantrum is just a tantrum, right? He knows it's not the kind of tantrum that's actually going to get him anything, but he's mm-hmm. just so frustrated. He can't help it. It's just like his outburst. Yeah, maybe. And that's definitely where I felt like he was at when he said the pet convict thing. He was like, yeah, no, I'm going to sure. say something that pisses her off because I'm, I'm pissed off and I'm frustrated. So we're going to share that. Um, here you go. Yeah. Um, It really bothered me when they were talking about the whole like uh, social media relationship status, because it just seemed like to me that she was gaslighting him like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, you shouldn't have to want to have a relationship status with me on social media. And she's not being empathetic to the fact that he is feeling very insecure with where he stands. And it has to do with the fact that she won't uh, live with him and that she is insisting that Kay is part of their relationship somehow. Oh, and, and Kay, and the other thing is not just somehow, that Kay is her number one. And- yes. I don't know where you fit, but it's not number one. Right? right. And that's just not fair. Like, she has to give him something. So if she wants to make all this shit go away, give him something to feel like he's secure and that there is some kind of commitment. Because he's so desperate for this relationship that he's willing to accept that she's committed to him and someone else. Right. Right. But I feel like – and. I feel like this is a very familiar road that you've been down is like that idea of being like, well, if if what I asked for isn't what you can do, what can you do? What yeah. can you do? And that's kind of the road he needs to go down into just getting mad at the other person. 
because all he has is I'm going to ask for this, these two things that I want or keep coming up with my own things instead of just being like, well, what is if, if you can't give me what I'm asking for, but you still don't want me to leave and you still want to tell me you're committed to me? What can you give me to like right. demonstrate that? Because yeah. she's not giving him anything. And the idea of it like it, and that is a pretty absurd like opinion that she seems to have is like, why do you need anything? Well, it's like, because then nothing is there. Like, I need evidence right. of some sort that you care about me. Like, that, that's yeah. not part of a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm, you know, and do I think there's people out there that probably don't need that? Sure. But that's not Rick. And you can't ask him to be someone he's not. If he feels secure because, you know, he needs some kind of sign, then if you care about that person, you give them that sign. If you right. don't care about that person, then you do what you do, you're do. you doing now and don't make him feel secure. And, you know, if he leaves, then he leaves. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Right. I mean, and I think and I think Ramona's getting in on it, too. With yeah. the, I mean, Ramona's also on my boat. It seems like Ramona is just like, you should break up with this woman because she doesn't care about you. Yes. And 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 she's like, if you don't care about him, you should break up with him. And they're both right. Both of those things yeah. are correct. If you don't care about someone, you shouldn't drag them along for I don't know what reasons. These people drag people along. This is – we had Harry. We have her. They just they just string people along and I don't get it. Yeah. I really want to know like what the money situation is. Yeah. You know, it's like are they are they motivi- motivated by financial support from their partners? Is that why this is happening? Right. And, but and it's tricky, too, because a lot of times they say, well, fine, I don't need your money. Don't give me any money. But yeah. I don't know if they really mean that. I think all of a sudden they're broke and they're 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 hitting that hitting that text up again and be like, well, so yeah, we, let's hang out. We've seen it. Right. Even yep. as recently as. Oh, gosh. Now I can't even. Deontay and. Oh, Nicole. Nicole. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need you. Oh, wait. Do you want to be in a threesome with us? Because we need your money. <laughs> right. Or not really a threesome with us as much as you can watch us. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. All uh, right. So we didn't hear from uh, Kevin and Tiffany and anyone else? Nope. That was it. Just those oh, two. Okay. But All right. it's the second to last episode. Yeah. I was kind of surprised. I was like, season finale already? All right. Yeah. So I just – it doesn't feel like many of these stories are even close to being complete like no, definitely not. And so yeah, we it just feels like we have a mid fight. Everybody's mid fight right now, and I don't know how you wrap that up in one episode. Yeah, but you know what's interesting too? Like this is not like Ninety Day Fiance where there is like a defined endpoint goal. You know, like the goal being marriage in this case. For Love After Lockup, uh, you know, I. <sighs> The goal is not necessarily marriage, even though I think when the show started out, it was like there was an implication that they were all serious enough to at least be engaged and have talked about marriage. And I guess that's the same here, but, you know, it doesn't seem like these people are in any any hurry. Well, I'll make the exception of Chaz and Branwen. No one is in any hurry to be getting married right now. Right. Yeah, but it just – it it seems like it's usually – brings them to a little more of a secure place on whether they're currently broken up or currently together. Because there's like yeah. three where I was like, are they did they, are they broken up? Like Harry and Indy. I, I think they're broken up. Are they broken up? I don't know. Well, this is Kevin interesting and Tiffany, too. Are they broken up? She left with her bag. But are they broken up? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, this is interesting too. Uh, do we – have they announced any uh, life after lockup not that I could this? Not that, that I could see on the website or anything. No. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We might have a break, a summer break. I know. That would be that would be easy on the summer. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, we will be back next week to cover the season finale of this. Oh, we didn't Love do our stu- students of the week first. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sleep deprived. Clearly. All right. Uh, <laughs> who is your student of the week? I actually went with Martel. Okay. Just because she yelled at him a lot. Yeah, and I did, find right? it very, very difficult to be in his situation and not yell back. Yeah. And I was going to say, I thought it was very understanding of him because he even said at one point, he's like, you just need to eat. Like, yeah. he just knows. She's just hangry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, all right. So my student of the week was Yolanda. Because like I said, she was entertaining. Yeah. She, she was she is funny. That. Mm-hmm. No nonsense. And I mean, I always like Yolanda. So. Yeah. yeah and she's funny because she always does the things and she knows what character she plays. She's like, oh, yeah. oh did I accidentally bring these handcuffs? Uh-oh. Hmm, yeah, I wonder what I might do with so those. Honey to me. <laughs> she's just pure entertainment. Um, okay. What about your dunce? I'm with Rick just for yeah. his stupid thing of let me just keep trying the same thing that failed last time God. see if it works now like no right and, and, and get that he did that thing he's like oh well, i gave her a good time at the hot tub i gave her the motorcycle he just like he's like he just has no patience no he doesn't uh my dance is antoine like yeah. getting that face tattoo like six days out of prison when your lady very clearly said not to to me that just kind of says like well, you don't give a crap about how she feels about something. You're just going to do what you want anyway. And not to say that you shouldn't be your own person, but it also kind of shows that you don't really care if that person is in your life or not. Right. Well, that's and that's the way she took it. She took it yeah. as like, here's something I told you specifically not to do. And you were like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And uh, I dare you to break up with me for it. If you break up right, with me for it, right. this face, this face tattoo is more important than you. Like yeah. that's what that's what you said. That's that's the message you send. Right. Yeah. So just uh, Antoine, dumb. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? So this is kind of what we just we just talked about with that. This is like once you get to the portion of the argument where one person is just like ranting at the other person, and we had multiple of those in this episode. Just yeah. And you're like, okay, that that argument is done for now. We need to stop having it. And like. You And it's because it's that most of the time, 90 percent of the time when that happens, the person that's ranting either needs uh, food or sleep and it's not going to get any better <laughs> until they have one or one or the other or both. Oh, gosh, I feel like that's me. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely I've definitely been on that side where I was like, it's, we just have a cheeseburger and then we'll be better. OK, all right. Yeah, now we can, now yeah. we can talk like civilized people. Right. My life lesson was for Rick and Radine. It's like if someone doesn't want to be public about your relationship status there really is something wrong. And so I think, you know, if they try to convince you otherwise, no, there's an ulterior motive if someone does not want to be public about the relationship. Right, right. I mean, it, it it's not. Yeah, I, ulterior motive is fine. It doesn't necessarily have to be something um, that they're doing. Like in this case, it is. And in this yes. case, it is because she's married to somebody else. But I just, yeah. some people are really insecure and they're really hard to attach and they just like that that's too big of a step for them. But there's something else going on oh, sure, that needs yeah. to be dealt with. Yep. Yep. Definitely. All right. So now we're ready to wrap it up. And <laughs> there we, go. Uh, we will be back next week for uh, our season finale of Love After Lockup. Yep. We'll see everybody then. Okay. Until then. All right. Okay. Bye. bye.